Hi, um, Heather here, and uh, we have another podcast in the podcast range called Hoarding Stuff, or Hoarding Stuff, depending um, which ear you're listening with. Uh, I am, full name actually, Heather Matwatso, I'm the founder of Clouds End CIC, which was the UK's first social enterprise to work with people with hoarding issues. And today I'm talking to my podcast partner, Dave, who yeah. I'll get to introduce myself. I am David Woods. I am a hoarder. And uh, so that's where I'm coming from at this moment Fine. in time. So, uh, well, th- so we, we're giving you the opposite, the opposite ends of the scale, hopefully. That's the yeah. idea of our chats. Um, but the reason we decided to podcast these was because we uh, we have phone calls like this, and 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 David said, why don't why don't we just podcast these phone calls? Because maybe a another person okay. might be helpful to somebody. Somewhere. Yeah, might might be interested. So know. today we're going to look at resilience mm-hmm. um, because it's a very uh, interesting and very used word at the moment because everybody needs a lot of resilience. Ooh. They're going to need um, a lot more coming up, aren't they, really? I think so. So I think if we can get ahead of the game yeah. in all senses. So we're looking at resilience referring to uh, living in a hoarded home, really. Yes. Um, but the rules, they apply to everybody. I think um, at this point in time, we're, we're struggling with so much in terms of things changing and being uncertain and not knowing. I was going to say something rude there. Not, not knowing one end from the other, um, that um, it is it is kind of, yeah, hoarding and people that aren't. And I'm just wondering how many people now are going into hoarding mode that hadn't done it before? I, I think, well, I think it's a very interesting topic, that. And I think this is a traumatic event. Um, and for some people, that a traumatic event will involve loss because they might have mm. lost uh, a certain way of living or they might have actually physically lost some people to yes, this yeah. awful condition so yeah. um i i think it's i think it's um certainly ripe territory um for more people to start holding on to things uh, for all sorts of reasons um uh, not the least being that nobody knows anything we're we're this is such an anxious time for the whole world so you yeah. can't even say I'm going to run away to Antigua or somewhere like that and get away from it all because you won't, and that's no. I mean, it, it's like just that. a very strange thing. It's like it's an overlay over the top of what people were dealing with in the first place. So it's it's becoming layered. You know, it's it's a layer cake of crud, really. Well, I think no, I think you're right, and if you. If you hadn't managed to deal with some of the other layers, mm. then this one that's on top of it is just um, it's just going to compound things. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it will make it very difficult. I'm, I'm not a very resilient person at all um, because I just kind of fold like a, an old deck chair that <laughs> on occasion I just go, ah, bleh, and, and stop. Um, because of things getting too much and too much pressure. Um, so I don't know whether that's a common thing in, in other people that you've dealt with. Very much so. 
Very much so, because like I said, well, what I just said earlier, mm. it's if you are trying to resolve things that you're not or you don't feel that you're successfully resolving, mm-hmm. um, as soon as you add something else to that list that, you know, the foundations are already wobbly, if you like. And that's yeah. What, yeah. I think that's what causes that collapse. Strong um, camel's backs come to mind. Definitely, definitely. And so I think, well, well I, I looked at the um, definition of resilience. and there's uh-huh. two. So one is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Right. And the other one is the ability of a substance to spring back into shape. Um, yeah. So the words that they put with that were flexibility, pliability, suppleness, elasticity and plasticity. Um, right. And plasticity made me think of neuroplasticity, which is um, what they now sort of refer to our ability to retrain our brains. Um, but we're not looking at that today. But well, we the, 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 the ability to spring back makes me think of memory foam mattresses. Yeah, so we, all, we all have to be We all have to be memory foam mattresses. That's what we need to be. We need to go <laughs> like. I think that's quite a nice. Uh, that's quite a nice thing to be a memory foam. A memory foam mattress. At least you spend a lot of time lying down, which is With fun. Huge <laughs> amounts of springs in it. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't have springs. They do. They they? The whole point of them. No, they're made of foam. So it's the foam that does the oh, that God. does the boinging. And now they've. I saw a recent one advertised on the telly that's got spring-like shapes, but they're made of foam. <laughs> right okay but, so yeah so we'll be we'll be the modern versions of uh, of mattresses so memory foam mattresses yeah. yes so what i was um by the way we don't we don't actually uh, sell or sanction any <laughs> there's other mattresses available <laughs> yeah you can you, come to you can still go for the spring mattress if you want to but we're just talking memory foam there's a, there's a, a bed of nails that's also available <laughs> If you really I think, to, I, well, to, to be honest, a lot of my clients already lie on a bed of nails and it's homemade, mm. you know, they've made it themselves. I, I have a, a, yeah, I have a lot of boxes sometimes in bed and books in bed, which is, is really weird. Jane finds it very strange, but I just go, I can, I can still get in. What's the matter Does, with you? Do, do, do you have them always? Not always, no, no. I think it's when thing, things are getting kind of a little bit, bit tense and, and somehow... Um, yeah, maybe <laughs> from what we were saying earlier about Opus Day, maybe it's part of that. You know, it's the it's the hoarding version of Opus Day. So yeah, yes, I know that I've got to contort myself to get into bed, but I'm just leaving those board games at the bottom of the bed. They're not doing anybody any harm. You know, I won't get any sleep, but. <laughs> it's interesting. No, the reason I'm asking you is because. Um, one lady that uh, did a video for me, she described after she'd cleared a lot of stuff from her bedroom uh-huh. that she felt like she was falling out of bed. Right, yeah. Because mm. she was used to having things built up around her and that the actual, not, them not being there made her really feel quite that's, physically. That, that's right up safe. their safety protection, yeah. isn't it? That's, yeah. And, it, and it's very interesting because so the built up stuff is is the safety cave or the safety blanket. Yeah. However, the built up stuff is actually the real physical potential danger. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, sure. So it, this is this is what makes this very interesting, isn't it? Because you're dealing with the opposite ends of the same stick, if you like, That's or the opposite ends of the same continuum. What is yeah. what what is keeping you psychologically safe might be making you physically um, vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yes, very yeah. interesting. Yeah, it, it's and it's also been quite interesting because um, a lot of the stuff that does build up is it builds up around the door so it's like you're not getting in here <laughs> i'm not no, getting it, in there either but <laughs> it, 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 i would love to do a sort of research questionnaire on this because yeah. you know my anecdotal observations and yours um have got to be based in yeah i've, I've seen that so often i've said even my own mother-in-law, uh, I said to her the other week because she's finally moved house. Yeah, uh -huh. amazing. Oh, but cool. she um, she would always put empty boxes and things that she's ready to use, but right inside the doorway. Uh -huh. Obviously, the door doesn't shut anyway because there's too much stuff in. But she would put it in the doorway, and we said, "Try and keep that doorway clear," because yeah. people were sort of going in and out of the room, but. I'm, I'm sure that these actions are subconscious, but it's, very interesting. It's very fortification. It's yeah. fortification. It's it's a kind of uh, a protective barrier from from the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I think it's, and I do think very often it's subconscious. I don't think I don't think somebody like you said you were thinking out your bed fortress backwards yeah. weren't you you were sort of yeah. going oh it's when I feel a little bit oh yeah when I'm feeling a little bit down then maybe I put you know so it it it's you're you're unpicking your own I don't even think yeah. I, I think about it what I'm what I do is and the other thing is sometimes it's when you're sorting through stuff and you're putting stuff I put stuff on the bed automatically that's kind of the space for I'm sorting through I need somewhere to put the stuff while I'm sorting through it and then I'll run out of energy. So the stuff, some of the stuff is still on the bed and it hasn't gone back to the place because I don't have the, the wherewithal to carry on. So yeah. I just go, oh, I'm just, I'm just, I'm tired now. But I'm just going to get in the bed um, with uh, this pile of stuff. Um, and, and it doesn't happen so much now. Um, strangely enough because... oh well, that's 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 good to know so would you classify that as progress do you think it doesn't happen so much now because you um are working on it and noticing think, it yeah I'm, I'm more inclined to just leave the stuff where it is um which perhaps isn't progress oh i see i see so you're not <laughs> so you're I'm not, not digging it, it out so you're not, not putting not, it on the bed i see i see but i think now i might be more likely to 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 um pace myself better oh yeah well that's what I was wondering that's what I was wondering because we always say small and often you know yeah. don't don't pick yeah. a job that's too big because it's self-sabotage I mean it's everything uh, in moderation that absolutely. that is that that's a good life lesson everything in moderation and sounds a bit boring though for some things doesn't it like cake well you know um being a diabetic uh, oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's part of the problem. That was part of the problem because I was so used to eating sweeties and God knows what I would go through. Go to you know if you go and buy a pound shop and package of sweeties is a pound, right? Oh, well, it's really cheap, isn't it? And to get this, yeah. these sweeties and 
oh, well, nobody's going to notice if I have half a bag. I mean, three quarters of a bag. I mean, the whole bag. I mean, uh, two bags. Well, it's pointless to wait to leave three sweets in the bottom of the bag, isn't it? It's yeah, who's going to want them, you know? Exactly, me. exactly. Um, yeah, so anyway, moderation. What, what I've done is um, picked five central points to resilience because we're yeah. being resilient because that's what we're yeah. looking at today and uh just look at a couple of bits of it and see which bits we you know we think we could deal with or talk about so first of all it says self-awareness so that's number one and, yep. and self-awareness is having a clear perception of your personality um including your strengths and weaknesses thoughts beliefs motivations and emotions self-awareness allows you to understand other people how they perceive you your attitude and your responses to them in the moment so what do you what do you think about well, that i'm do not i'm not a very self-aware person no? I, I i find that quite difficult i even find i find it difficult when i'm not having much interaction with other people because my self-awareness is quite nebulous it's kind of this this I only get um, an idea of who I am through through other people, which is probably psychologically not very good. Um, I just kind of, I'm like a, an amorphous cloud. <laughs> just... So you're just moulded by other people's opinions. So is certainly that what you're saying? I am. Yeah, I think. And then um, a lot of the stuff that I do involves feedback from from other people. So uh, the interactions that I have. I've been like the story shared or um, and when I've been writing poetry, you know, or um, doing acting and stuff like that. Um, but other than that, there's, there's not really a great deal of that I could say. I was trying to work out the other day um, for something to do with um, somebody who's going to try and help me get some uh, tech work. And I was trying to work out what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and what your challenges are and, I don't think many people do it. I, th I think it's a I think it's a huge question, and I think it's a shame that these things. And I know we always go back to these things should be taught at school. Yeah. But I do think um, the fact that they're not taught at school and they're so fundamental to uh -huh. us as as you know we've got to grow up in in a cloud, if you like, yeah. hidden from ourselves, and because somebody somewhere has decided that we just know this stuff and it's just so not true like you said it's very difficult to do everybody not everybody certain people don't but uh, m most people shy away from those questions mm. and that's why they then look outward rather than inward well, i think this is why part of the thing with the covid has been that people are now having to because there's a lot of stuff being removed and if you're not watching something on netflix or uh, I don't know, reading a book or something like that, you're left with yourself. And that can be quite difficult because you're sort of, well, oh dear, now I'm having to think who I am. Yes. And, uh, yes. And it and it's a shame, really, because mm. we are sort of born alone and we'll die alone. And if the bit in between we can't get to know who we really are, yeah. then that's that's really sad. And that's why it's wrong, isn't it? I don't think that's the point of being here, isn't it? To work out who you are, and and then, and then obviously the other thing is that you're going to be, meet people who don't like who you are, right? They're just not going to like who you are, and then you have to be resilient to that as well. Yes, 
that's very true. Or they're just not going to think the same way you no, do. No, Jesus. and how and, you might interpret them not liking you, but um, if you if you sort of take a few steps backwards, if you do know who you are, well, then that shouldn't matter. Somebody, should it? it shouldn't. Yeah, no, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't. But I think if you feel that you know who you are or you've got a bit of an idea, mm. you feel stronger in yourself. Therefore, if somebody doesn't like you, that's their problem, not yours. If you I follow think, me. I mean, one of the things that I found quite interesting was, I suppose, with social media, which I would say is actually unsocial media, right? You, you will find people who have different ideas to yours, but they are sometimes rabidly different to yours. And they may not even know anything about you. But already, if you say one thing that they don't like, that's you. They do not like you. <laughs> yeah. like, and, and before social media, those people would have existed. You just wouldn't have met them. <laughs> no, and they would never have had chance to vent their ignorance often in such a broad platform. And I, I, I just think it's a, a, a... The way I deal with things like that is I know that bullies and therefore trolls or therefore people that just have to attack people online come from a place of abject fear. And right. so they might not recognise it as such, but I do. And I so kind of sometimes wonder, though, I mean, I've, I've, I've sort of typed stuff and then later on thought, oh, hold on a minute. Did I, did I just troll that person there? Did I, was I just bullying there? And then kind of pulled back a bit because I think it becomes so easy to be disagreeable when you're disagreeing with somebody. Yeah. And part of resilience can have a, a different side to it, which is it, it, it has a, a scarred and warped side to it that you're trying to get your resilience, which it isn't, through those, those means of attacking. Yes, and, and these are all the sort of the erroneous plasters i think that people stick on rather than it's the shadow of resilience yes yeah. yes yeah right well the next one it says is mindfulness right so mindfulness has been very sort of popular mm. and and sort of banded about but we certainly in our support groups we um suggest people have a look at it because it, it does a job it does a slow yeah. gentle job but here it says mindfulness is a state of active open attention on the present. When you're mindful, you observe your thoughts and feelings from a distance without judging them good or bad. Instead of letting your life pass you by, mindfulness means living in the moment and awakening to experience. Mm -hmm. So that's why we, because we want people to notice their behavior. And that was what you were just talking about with your boxes on the bed. Yeah, you were noticing yeah. your behavior, which if you're looking to uh, change things or do things that are going to be more positive for you, you need to notice what's going on. Mm, mm. You know, you need to be able to see that without qualifying it, without judging it, just by going, well, by being curious, being curious about what's going on. I got quite snobby about mindfulness, I think, because it was so, um, became so so much of a big thing. And, uh, and I, I tend to sort of get a bit, I don't know, yeah. Uh, inverted snob <laughs> I, and I think you're right um, Pip who runs the groups with me he said maybe we should come up with our own name for it to mm. stop people who have 
just got fed up of hearing about mindfulness. If you know, when thing when things sort of tip the scales and become a little bit too popular, they lose their they lose their oomph. I suppose they, they they almost become kind of corporate in a way, yeah. and and you're finding that that even businesses are then going oh mindfulness oh right well, okay. we're a mindful business yeah <laughs> you know and it's like yeah. what right, okay yeah yeah um, no i know and then you find yourself just curling your lip at it and then you're not interested in how and therefore you're once again missing out on something that might help you so uh, yeah and it's a shame because it's been around for a long time hmm? and uh and i'm certain that uh, i'm gonna get this wrong john cabot zinn that's right yeah uh did not have at any point in time them doing mindfulness at amazon (laughs) that's what it was all about it was nothing to do with terminally ill patients i just wanted those parcels coming out quicker you know it's just uh so i it would be might be quite interesting to go back and look at the origins of it well, I think they're ancient Chinese, the original yeah. origin of it. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and they got quite a few things right, I think. Um, maybe not so much nowadays, but they did then. It's a different and way of living then, you see. It's a different... It was. It was and a lot of, there's a lot of argument about Eastern meditational practices not being able to tra- transfer yeah. to our, you know, modern-day Western lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you've got to, 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 for me, mindfulness is just remembering to listen to what I'm doing. If I think I'm doing something wrong, especially, mm-hmm. and just, uh, and the other side of mindfulness to me is just having those moments all the way through the day. So if I'm drinking a nice cup of tea, I'm going to spend 30 seconds mm-hmm. reminding myself just how nice that cup of tea is rather than going nice cup of tea. When am I going to have the next one? Right. You know what I mean? So that to me is mindful practice or just pondering uh, or um, just thinking about things like about nothing when I'm standing. No, not that I stand at the till in um, shops for uh, recently, but I used to to use that time just to be a little bit mindful or when I'm waiting for the kettle to boil or things like that. It's when you're in a queue, I suppose. Yeah, it gives me gives me a job to do when I'm in the queue, um, yeah. rather than just be annoyed that the queue is going slow or That's something. A, it's a I weird think. thing that because because you kind of think uh, when people get irate in a queue in the shop, there might be five or six people something like that, and you think, "What are you off to? What are you off to an important business meeting? What are you? What's what? What's what's the matter?" And Uh, if you were off to an important, what you're doing in the shop? shop? Yeah, what are you you doing there? It it just no, it's but it's just one of those that when I first started reading about it, I thought, oh, where can I sort of put this? And when I'm cleaning my teeth as well. So, right. So the the next one, the next one on the list. um, Can I just say I went to the podiatrist? Oh yeah, and I was on the bus. You know those things, those vehicles that drive me around. Yes, very those, to get on that. those ancient practices that we're not allowed and to get there was, on it. There was a guy behind me, and we were just at the lights, and he was kind of under his breath swearing. And it's like, well, what? What? What do you expect this guy to do? The driver, what do you expect him to do? How's this going to... So, yeah, great. Well, okay. Oh, I know. And it, it, but it, you do... 
there is an energy well i suppose it's a negative energy that comes off angry people sucks you in rather than it comes out and gives you energy doesn't it so yeah. somebody smiles at you and says what a lovely day today isn't it then you feel yeah. that little ping of extra positive energy whereas if somebody snarls at you you feel yeah. a little bit of your energy being sucked into their vortex of anger so it does happen easily sorry before i went into me foot doctor anecdote there what were you going to say sorry no, I was going to say next one on the list was self-care. Oh. And uh, yes, I know this is another one that people shy away from. Self-care is unique for every person and can be understood in many different ways. Simplest form refers to our ability as human beings to function effectively in the world while meeting the multiple challenges of daily life with a sense of energy, vitality and confidence. Self-care is initiated and maintained by us as individuals. It requires our active engagement. Well, that's mm -hmm. true, because otherwise we'd be dead, wouldn't we? Because if we didn't drink anything or eat anything... Yeah, you, uh, just, you just fade away and... You can classify that self-care. I suppose it's, it's also... The basics. It's, your, it's your kind of limbic brain bit of self-care. Yeah. That's the lizardy bit. Going, oh, sitting on a heat rock. I need some food. I need some drink. Yeah. Um, and also the other end of it where you getting rid of the food and drink and all that but i think self-care um has a connotation to it that that um a lot of people say it's been selfish mm, yeah uh, which is insane it's it is literally and i'm not very good at self-care i just kind of reject it um self-compassion self-care but it's like that thing when you're on a plane and the plane has crashed and it's going down and the masks come down and they say Put your own mask on first, right? Self-care, self-preservation. But we sort of um, bugger about with it a bit, I think, and 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 don't. And then it, I think it also gets warped as well. I think that that's part of the... For some people, the hoarding issue is that they see their hoarding as self-care. Yeah, that's a really good observation, absolutely. You know, so... Um, and then I can certainly, I don't know about other people, I can get quite belligerent, you know. No, oh, you're not I, alone with that. I get to the Chuck Heston, you can take it from my cold, dead hands, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, do you really need this board game? Yes! I've got my Second Amendment rights. Well, obviously not for this, but it's my board game. Get off! <laughs> But I think you're right. I think I think exactly that people do see their belongings and their acquisitions or their gatherings or their collections or whatever they are as um, as because they the, the the treat that's involved in the acquiring of that object does give you pleasure, and so it feels like you're looking after yourself and you're caring for yourself, which to a certain extent you are. Yeah. But, but exactly the same as the wall you know, the bed fortress, it is making you feel safe and good, but it is also, it is also a suffocating danger. It's a bit ropey, isn't it? I mean, we're, yeah, we're back yeah. to being stopped from getting what you want by what you got, really. Yeah, yeah, we're back yeah, to we're last back time, aren't we? Which is, and I think that's going to be the interesting thing about these podcasts, because I think everything ultimately weaves in together. It's yeah. like a tapestry of human behaviour, that has gone off on little tangents in the case of 
what we're talking about, which is hoarding. But I think that weave is there for all sorts of behavior. So it's just going to be the same podcast over and over again. Yeah, it? yeah, it is. We're just we're we're finished now. Words, right. Bye. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> but I think you. I think so anything with the word self in obviously makes some people shy. Yeah, they go, yeah. oh no, that's selfish, 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 yeah. and it. Uh, and I think it's understanding the importance of self care, um, and how you owe it to yourself because you you're the only one that can look out for you. Really, could you, could you imagine what it would be like? to live with somebody who was totally selfless. Awful. It would be dreadful, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely awful. And they wouldn't just go, well, I'm a selfless person and I don't care about any of this stuff and and the way that we live our lives. They'd expect you to do it as well, right? Um, Oh, that's horrible. But uh, that's a great observation because if you... Because that that's sort of not caring about yourself. Yeah. But the not caring about yourself is couched in caring for others. Now, this mm-hmm. happens an awful lot because I haven't got time. Mm-hmm. I haven't got time to work at home because I've got to look after my daughter's dog. Or yeah, there's there's a lot of that going on. But really, I think the lack of self care is is fear that you would be selfish mm-hmm. but that if you take a step back from that comes from i don't deserve it and i think in a sense that in itself is quite selfish because you're treating yourself as if you're you're different to other people i don't deserve self-care i'm i'm different to them yes like, mm. and the, the result of not having self-care and being selfless is that at some point in time you're going to be ill mm. or something's going to happen to you. And then guess what? Somebody else is going to have to care about you. Yeah. Yeah. So I but, think it's... But so, mar- I mean, self-care, when you do it right, is, and once again, like you said, everything in moderation. So you, um, when you get it right, it doesn't feel selfish. It doesn't feel bad. It just feels normal. Mm. And that's how it should feel. That's the balance. It's not like, oh, no, 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 and issue everything. Neither should it be, it's all about me, 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 me. It's that bit in the middle. It's, yeah. um, I'm going to look after myself because I'm the only person that should do it and I owe it to my future self to um, be the best I can and be the healthiest I can and um, be the happiest I can because I suppose it all comes together. But it's, it's, it's understanding why you're doing it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we've got number four is positive relationships. So positive relationships are the people who support and care for us Ooh. and we care for them. One yeah. of the most profound experiences we can have in our lives is the connection we have with other human beings. By building positive relationships with others, we will be happier and more fulfilled and feel more supported, supportive and connected. Positive and supportive relationships will help us to feel healthier, happier, and more satisfied with our lives. Oh, I don't know. That that's always one that's confused me a bit, really, um, because um, most of the support I get is from support workers who are paid to support. And 
got Jane, my housemate, who's very supportive, and I support her. But other than that, I don't really think there's there's a, there's a huge amount. I think we're we're so much into the nuclear family thing now that that the support networks we used to have don't necessarily exist. Maybe that's just my kind of like individual experience of it. But um, I'd, I'd find it very difficult to say I had a huge amount of positive relationships with with people I don't know about yourself do you have yes I'm lucky I've got I think I've got a good support network I've got a good small family around me but mm. then I've got a big not big I've got a nice sized circle of friends who mm. I've been friends with since I was at school so I have that um obviously only a couple of years ago when I was at school but yeah no it's quite and I did find uh, you know over the years I found that that is quite unusual I always thought it was the norm because what you it's, have you think, think everybody is. has no, but, but I found out that it is quite unusual so that makes me appreciate them even more yeah um and then I've got sort of a good broader not so close network of people who that that, that I work with and um Yes, yeah, so I have got, I've got a good, I sometimes think it's the list you make if you were having a big party. Who would right. you want to be at your party? That's, that to me is my support network. Um, yeah, that's We haven't I'm... had a party here for a long time. Well, um, maybe you could, maybe. Oh, uh, well, not at the moment, eh? Well, no, no, well, you could, party. I mean, you could, because you could, you could um, just make it, that could be the goal is to have a party when the floodgates are back open again and we can, be in the garden and, and yeah doing all that stuff i mean you know i'm not saying that there's nobody in the world but you kind of like sit and you go that kind of disaster thinking if, if dreadful things happened and you were in in trouble and um who could you who could you turn to uh, to sort of throw you a life rope um i might find that a little bit tricky but I, th <clears throat> I think it all. I think it ties in with the self-esteem thing as well. You might find it tricky because you might not consider certain people as being yeah. people you could ask. For example, like me, you might not put me on your list, but you could. No, nah, no, nah. oh, you're not on the list. <laughs> Just trying to get on your list. You're, you're not on the list. No way near it. Sorry. Get out of it. Put me on your list. But yes, I think Even I think my mum's not on the list. She's not on the list. <laughs> I, I tried to tell her three times how things were dreadful, and uh, and now she she and the last time I haven't spoken to her for a little while. That's dreadful, isn't it? But uh, I did try ringing, and I said I laid it out in detail what was happening because there were one or two things that went particularly wrong. Which means I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think, and that, that was it really. Oh, so um, not really on the list. Um, a couple of other people, I guess, that are that would be. Well, uh, th to be honest, you can work on a list. You mm. can say, "Who do I think I've got? Who would I like to have on there?" And then yeah. invite people because I think people like being invited onto lists. So <laughs> they really <laughs> nice lists. Nice <laughs> lists. I think that that's perhaps part of the resilience. Then is that you have like. Um, who who are you going to have in your lifeboat? Yes, that's yeah, a really good go. one. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. a great who's, one. Who's I like that. Who are you going to be I'm... trapped with on the sea for a? And then the, the rest of the list is who you're going to eat. 
one by one. Who goes first? Who gets? Who into- are you? Who are you packing? Yeah. And pretending they're your friends so that you can okay, you can all lunch off them when you get somebody who's not too fat but not too lean either. Yeah, if they're that's, too fat, then they'll sink the boat. So that's, you can't that's, 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 yeah. that's the best way to go with that. No, I think not too muscly either, because I would imagine that's quite tough to eat. So yeah. you don't want any. No, but, but psychologically, I think you can you yeah. can have like a I suppose it's like a psychological bubble. Yeah. Yes, I think, and but, but once again, it, it this is a thing that you can think and consider. Um, of what you would like you, you, if you haven't got it it doesn't mean to say you'll never have it you can yeah. create it you know you can add to it so and then the final thing because we've we've talked a long time today yeah. the final thing that's on the list is purpose now I know how important this is purpose is a recognition that we belong and serve something bigger than ourselves our yeah. purpose helps to shape the mindset and attitude we have towards others and the events we experience. We can find purpose in our faith, family and political party. Being green or being a part of an organisation like the Boy Scouts. I didn't write this bit, by the way. Thank goodness for that. I, I'm not I sure. know. I was a bit That's worried about bit... that as well, because I've never been a part of the Boy Scouts ever. I was a bit worrying that. Um, I think it goes back to um, the thing that uh, a guy that I kind of like, uh, well, I do like him, is Viktor Frankl, and he says uh, stuff about um, something like despair is suffering without meaning. Um, So if there's a meaning and a purpose to something, you can kind of get through a lot of stuff that might otherwise be uh, very tricky to to negotiate, and he was in um, one of the concentration camps, um, and he came up with logotherapy. He came out of it the other side with uh, having lost a lot of his family. I think he might have even lost one of his manuscripts because it was sewn into his clothing. Um, but he came out of the other side of it with this this idea that in man's in uh, man's search for meaning. So in its in essence, purpose, um, a very very kind of like necessary thing. And if you don't have that, uh, or whatever level it is, then then life becomes a bit sort of pointless, really. Yes, and I think I think sort of relaying that back to hoarding mm. activities. Very often, those the purpose that you could bring in to look at reducing some of your items is in direct conflict with those items and what they represent for you. Uh And so what could appear to be, or or possibly would be a good purpose for you to have, it feels as though it's in conflict with what you need. Mm. And, And I think that's probably what makes it, what makes it difficult. But I think with everything, reword things, reword things, because, Yeah. If you can you can, we call it flipping it so how do you flip something so you earlier said you've got to can you let go of this board game right and so clearly you're you're going no it's mine no it's mine i want it yeah. why would why yeah. would i want to let go of it what but how could that be reworded to you so if somebody said can we put this board game on the shelf yeah for example right. then that wouldn't feel so menacing that would be okay oh. No, so it's I think it's looking at things that would work for you verbally or semantically if you want to be mm. 
um, big wordy about it because that often is what gets people to change the way they think about things. They go, oh, yeah, never thought about it like that. Yeah. Exactly the same scenario, different words. Yeah. A lot so. of it is about access to stuff, you know, access to ideas, access to things that you think are going to be useful later on uh, and then challenging those things a little bit as well. Um, and and also, I think reassuring yourself that um, those the access to that stuff, th those thoughts rather than the objects, is always there. Mm. If you know what I mean, I think yeah. I think reassuring yourself that you will never run out of ideas, you will never stop thinking about things, you will never stop finding delight in everything. Uh -huh. And should one of your delightful um, belongings go or you lose it then you know that you'll find another one yes that's it's, true that's an ability that it's you just have. how you how you script that i think and yes, how you absolutely absolutely anyway i think on right. that note david we'll leave it so uh -huh. um next podcast we're going to be looking at what i said earlier the fact that your brain isn't your friend um and having a bit of a dig as to why uh, and uh, and then how you can change that so Excellent. thank you very I much i look forward thank to that you. and thank you all for listening <laughs>